Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. Life is like a marathon. There are some seasons that feel like an uphill battle and other seasons that feel good and easy. But for the most part, it's just putting one foot in front of the other and keeping a steady pace. Much of our lives is full of the mundane. So we have to ask ourselves, how do we experience joy in the mundane? How do we live a life marked by joy in all things and not just power through and live for the weekend or the next vacation? Scripture tells us to rejoice always, and we believe that life in Christ can be a life full of joy, even in the day-to-day. Come on and join our conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Daily Grace. This is Joanna here with my co-host, Stephanie. Hey, friends. Hello. We are excited to be talking to you all again today and excited about a topic that we do not think is going to be boring, and that (laughs) is finding joy in the mundane in the things that we might consider to be boring or monotonous or just kind of those everyday things that Mm -hmm. maybe can get us kind of down and maybe even weary. But (laughs) before we get into that, Stephanie, do you have a favorite thing to share with us? I do. I like sharing books that I've read, um, Mm -hmm. especially ones that I would recommend to my friends. So you guys are my friends. So I'm going to share a book that I finished this month with you all. And it's called the Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. And Ooh, yeah, I have heard of this. It's very it's good. it's on my list. <laughs> it's by Rosaria Butterfield. Um, we've mentioned her a few times on the podcast. She wrote The Gospel Comes with a House Key. And the book that I mentioned, The Secret Thoughts book, is just her testimony, her conversion story. And so it's just very powerful and it was very thoughtful. And it really challenged me in a good way of, Discounting the cost of being a believer and not only that, but just showing compassion and engaging people who just have different worldviews and loving them um, like Christ did. And so it was a very challenging read, but also just Mm. really heartwarming, too. So I highly recommend it. Yeah, I've really liked everything that I've seen from her Mm -hmm. so far. And so that one's definitely on my list. Yeah. What was a favorite thing of yours? So this past weekend, I got to go to a biblical theology workshop led by Nancy Guthrie. And Stephanie, I was so bummed that you couldn't make it. I know. I know. I was really sad. (laughs) But I love Nancy. She hosts a great podcast um, from the Gospel Coalition called Help Me Teach the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really aimed toward people who are teaching the Bible in some capacity, whether that's leading a small group at your church or, you know, teaching as a pastor or Mm -hmm. as a professor, whatever it may be. But um, she has this workshop where she talks about biblical theology and which is basically just seeing how there are themes that are developed throughout the entire story of scripture. And so she kind of walked us through how to identify those things. Let me tell you, it was just beautiful um, Mm -hmm. just to see how all of scripture fits together um, and It just opens up so much about God's word that you may have never realized. So um, I definitely recommend signing up for one of her workshops. She has them all over, and I think they're going all the way through October of 2021. Um, So if there's one in your area, definitely worth looking into. Yeah, I'll link it in our show notes to see if there is one near you. And tickets are really reasonable. They're like 20 bucks for um, just a two- day session. So I thought that was nice Mm -hmm. that 
they made it like affordable and accessible to everyone. Yeah. And yeah, and I'll also link her um, podcast, Help Me Teach the Bible. And I realized today that they have a new podcast out. It's called Q&A by the Gospel Coalition. And so we'll link those podcasts in our show notes in case you wanted to check those out. Yeah. Yeah. But going on to our conversation today, like Joanna said, we are going to be talking about experiencing or finding joy in the mundane. Many of you may think about this topic and wonder, is it really possible to experience true joy in the mundane moments of life? I know Mm -hmm. I've thought that, so don't feel like you're alone. Um, But this is a really important topic because so much of our lives is composed of ordinary moments. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sure, we experience those mountaintop moments and, you know, we'll never forget them. And that's great. And we'll also experience some valleys in our lives. But for the most part, like the majority of our lives are somewhere in the middle, like nothing Mm -hmm. monumental is happening. For most of us, there's not like a prolonged crisis going on. Um, A typical day is probably filled with taking care of one thing after another, like making meals, changing diapers, picking up toys, doing laundry, going to work, um, getting a workout in. But it's in those ordinary real life moments where we can find that we're not experiencing much joy. Um, Instead, we may be feeling like overwhelmed or unfulfilled, exhausted, Mm -hmm. stressed, or just plain bored. Um, But I do believe that God is more interested in how we're living in the middle because it's in the middle in those inglorious days where our characters are shaped. And Mm -hmm. sure, our faith is tested in the valleys and, you know, our faith can be celebrated in the mountaintops, but our faith is really formed in the middle. So we're going to talk about how the gospel informs how we approach the mundane and how it really can lead to joy. Yeah, it's so interesting to think, you know, as you look over your life and your average days, the majority of it is spent in mundane things. Yeah. Right. And I really would hope that we can find joy there because do we really want the majority of our lives to be joyless, yeah. right? And so, mm. you know, I was thinking about how all throughout scripture, the Bible talks about the Christian life as a race. Mm-hmm. You know, we see this in 1 Corinthians 9, Hebrews 12, Philippians 3. And specifically, I wanted to read a verse from Philippians three fourteen that says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And it's talking about the Christian life as this ongoing race. Mm-hmm. And, you know, made me think, I used to run races. Um, I wasn't super fast or super awesome or anything, <laughs> but I did uh, cross country in high school. And then I ran a couple of half marathons in college. That's awesome. And I was thinking about those half marathons. And, you know, there are those uphills where you're really straining. Mm -hmm. Um, There are those downhills where you just feel like you're soaring and there's that sprint to the finish line at the end. But for two plus hours, the majority of what you're doing is just taking one step at a time, Mm. keeping a steady pace. Yeah. You might get bored (laughs) just (laughs) running this race that is just a lot of the same as you go through, right? It's not all filled with these monumental moments. It's one step at a time, but all of these small steps add up to get you to the finish line. Mm -hmm. Um, Those steps are important. And, you know, in our lives, all of those in-between steps, those normal parts of our race of life, they can seem like a waste of time. They can seem like they don't matter. Um, Or maybe they become more Mm -hmm. (laughs) life-sucking than life-giving. You know, I think about things like paying the bills or if you are a student doing homework Mm -hmm. or maybe if you are a mother of a newborn, it's the endless cycle of feeding the baby, burping the baby, changing the baby, putting the baby to sleep, (laughs) figuring out why the baby's crying and just like starting it all over again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And so... It could be cleaning the house. It could be just your day-to-day routine, your work week, whatever it is. We can have the tendency to kind of go through those things on autopilot yeah, um, or even just always be waiting for the weekend Mm. or the next vacation. Um, But the truth is 
those little in-between steps, the normal parts of our race of life, really do matter. Yeah. And we are called in Scripture to rejoice in every single one of them. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, super short verse, rejoice always. And, you know, that doesn't mean rejoice when your schedule is clear or rejoice when you have a quiet moment to read your Bible and drink your coffee or rejoice when you're at church or when something monumental happens like you just had a baby or Mm -hmm. you just got engaged or whatever it is. But rejoice always. And so, yes, we do rejoice in those things. Those things are great. You know, we are grateful for those things and we should be. But we also rejoice when we're doing the everyday routine. And the truth is that the life of a Christian is meant to be a life that's marked by joy in all things, Mm -hmm. from the mundane to the monumental. But so many of us lack joy in our everyday lives. Yeah, that's so true. And you know, when you said that some of us can just live for the weekend, like that was just heartbreaking for me. Like, it's true. Um, I've been Mm -hmm. there. But that's just not what... God has for us. And I really love the different metaphors that scripture has for the Christian life. I think the race one with the half marathon or marathon, like that was awesome. Every step matters. And, you know, to get to the finish line, like you need perseverance. And Mm -hmm. another kind of metaphor that I love in scripture is about how we're in battle, right? And this involves making war against sin and, and fighting for joy You know, it's not always rainbows and butterflies and sunshine (laughs) and all of those things. Um, But like you said, the life of a believer is meant to be a life marked by joy in all things. And so how do we um, put those together? And so I think perspective is a big thing um, and we'll get into that. But, you know, I just think it's important to say now that while this life is a journey, um, The Christian life is a journey fueled by God's present grace and the hope of his future grace. And Mm -hmm. while it is a battle, it's a battle with a promised victory. And really that changes everything. It changes how we live day in and day out. And so I think that's important to say um, right off the bat. And another important clarification to make here is, you know, when we talk about joy, the joy described in the Bible doesn't come from where our culture says joy comes from. Biblical joy is not tied to someone's natural personality. It's not positive thinking. It's not dependent on our circumstances. And that's really important to get clear um, because if we look in the Bible, joy is the fruit of the Spirit. Um, Galatians 5.22 starts off by saying, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and then it goes on. And this is significant because this means that joy is given to us by Christ. You know, just like our righteousness is not self-righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ given to us, our joy is supernatural and given to us by the Holy Spirit. It's an attribute that's not rooted in our circumstances, but in something that's unshakable. It's rooted in the unchanging character of our unchanging God. And It's rooted in our reconciliation with him through Christ. So this means that all believers can have joy no matter their circumstances or season of life. And, you know, we can have joy in mountaintop moments and valleys and in the middle. So the question is, like, how? You know, if it's given to us, is there something we can do? Um, What if we're not experiencing joy in the mundane? What does that mean about our faith? Is there a way to cultivate joy and I think these are really awesome questions and we're going to work through them. But I think first it's helpful to kind of tackle this from um, a big picture perspective and then kind of get more practical from there. So Joanna, start us off with the big picture. Yeah. So when we consider these questions, we have to realize first and foremost that our theology matters, right? So what we believe about God matters. And actually, we talked about this, I realized, way back in episode one why you need theology. Mm. I have not listened to the episode. I don't know if I want to recommend people going back. So 
be gentle with yes. us if you decide to go back and listen because that was our way at the beginning stephanie and i had like just met via skype yeah <laughs> but <laughs> you can check that out and let us know how different it is uh, but when we say theology we're not just talking about big words and complex ideas but our theology is what we believe about god and what he declares to be true mm-hmm. and that spreads to every area of life um, and so we might not realize it, but we all have a theology. Right. We all have things that we believe about God, and those things impact what we believe about the world, about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And whether we realize it or not, the way that we live is a reflection of that theology. Yeah. It motivates us, right? It informs our decision-making, and it changes our perspective. So if we are struggling to find joy in the mundane, First, we need to ask what beliefs are driving us and not just what we say we believe, but what we really believe, because sometimes those things don't align. And so we have to, when we're looking to joy in the mundane, make sure that we have a proper theology of who God is and what he says about these things. Yeah, it's so important that our formal theology, which is what we say we believe, really aligns with our functional theology, which is how Mm. we live our lives. And, you know, there could be a gap there and we may not even realize it. So I think it's really helpful to pause and, and really evaluate that. Because think about it, there's a big difference between knowing the textbook definition of the gospel and actually allowing the gospel to inform every aspect of our life. Right. So that's a great point. And, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot in my personal life, and I started to think about my worldview. And I feel like that's a word that we don't really use that much anymore. I think the last time Mm -hmm. I studied it was like in college and sociology class, (laughs) which by the way, for me, that was a very long time ago. Um, (laughs) Not that long, Steph. Over 10 years ago. So (laughs) it's been over a decade. Um, (laughs) But, you know, recently I just realized like how important it is to consider what our worldview is because our worldview is the framework by which we understand the world. That's what a worldview is. Um, it's the framework we use to understand and live out our reality. It helps us order our lives. It shapes everything else we believe in, the meaning of life, our ultimate purpose, the value in the mundane. You know, what we believe impacts how we live. And our worldview can be shaped by so many different things like the culture, our heritage, and past experiences. And while those are all valid, um, our worldview can actually be shaped by scripture. And believers should have God-centered or biblical worldviews. And the only way to get that, though, is to really believe in the authority and sufficiency of the Bible and its divine author. And from there, you know, we can look to scripture to inform everything else in our lives. And I bring all of this up because it applies to this conversation, because when we look at scripture, it tells us that that's the pathway to joy. And so I thought of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, you know, no one was listening to him or accepting his message. Everything was falling apart. Yet this is what he says in Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. He says, your words were found and I ate them. Your words became a delight to me and the joy of my heart, for I bear your name, Lord God of armies. And so here we see by example that delighting in the word of God and living in obedience to its precepts, that leads to true joy. And I think of Psalm 119, that's like a famous Psalm, I feel like, but verses one and two says, how happy are those whose way is blameless and who walk according to the Lord's instruction. Happy are those who keep his decrees and seek him with their heart. So we find the pathway to true joy um, in God's word. Yeah, absolutely. We have to go back to the scripture as our source Mm -hmm. and the thing that informs our theology, that informs our worldview. And the Bible, like you said, Stephanie, is sufficient. It gives us everything that we need to live a godly life. And that includes how we can live out this command to rejoice always, Mm -hmm. even in the mundane things. So 
we want to take some time to look at scripture and see why we can have joy in the mundane. So Stephanie, why don't you start us off? Yeah. So first, we can have joy in the mundane because our ultimate purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. You know, Mm -hmm. it's our God-given purpose. And he gives us the means to fulfill that purpose by giving us himself. You know, I think many of us can say that, yeah, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Um, But we don't believe it in such a way to apply it to every aspect of our lives. And again, that's pointing back to that gap between our formal theology and our functional theology. And so what we have to do here is get rid of that gap. We have to believe that we can glorify God and enjoy him in the mundane, in in everything, um, because that's our primary purpose of life, to glorify him in all things. And he designed Mm -hmm. us to worship with all of our lives. And he's given us his spirit and his word and his people to help us do that. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we see that all throughout scripture, right? We see in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Or Colossians 3, 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So yeah, when we when we look at those verses, do everything, mm-hmm. then we can have joy there because we realize that these things aren't meaningless, yeah. right? They all have purpose. They're all for that ultimate purpose of glorifying God and enjoying him forever. And you know, another reason that we can have joy in the mundane moments is because God has promised us that he works in all things for our sanctification, mm-hmm. And when we say sanctification, that's God making us look like Jesus, making us more like him, making us more and more holy. Mm -hmm. It's like God improving us (laughs) over the course of our lives. Mm -hmm. We see this in Romans 8, 28 and 29. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And so that's telling us that every single thing that we experience is part of God's design Mm -hmm. to make us more like Jesus, to conform us to the image of his son. And so what that means for us is that we can see every single moment, Mm -hmm. even the mundane, normal moments, as an opportunity for God to refine us, to make us more like Jesus, and to develop his character in us. And so these things suddenly aren't meaningless anymore because God is somehow using them to develop Christ-likeness in us. Yeah, hearing you say that, I think back, and yeah, it is almost like the most mundane moments where I feel myself being sanctified the most. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like those moments are like, the greatest instruments of sanctification in my life. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that so many of the things that we see as mundane and kind of brush off as meaningless or purposeless are the very things that have eternal significance because um, so much of it has to do with caring for others. Mm -hmm. I think about ordinary tasks like making meals and doing laundry and cleaning the home, like this work that the world may deem as menial is actually the means to love the Lord and love others. Mm. Yeah. And those are the two greatest commands that we have, right? That is how we glorify God by loving him and loving others. Yeah. And another reason that we can have joy in the mundane is because these mundane tasks that we do are actually a way that we can reflect God's character. Mm, yeah. And I think that there are two major ways that we might not even think about that we can reflect God's character uniquely in the repetition, in the mundane, in the ordinary things. Mm-hmm. And that is that we reflect his character of bringing order out of chaos and we can reflect his faithfulness. Yeah. So think back to Adam and Eve, right? God put them in the garden as his co-regents, his co-rulers, his image bearers, mm-hmm. and told them to work the earth and to subdue it. And what this means is that God had created this earth and they were to take it and bring it into order. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and this is what God does in creation. This is what he does in our hearts yeah. when he redeems us. He takes chaos and he brings it into order. Yeah. And we're called to do the same thing, just like Adam and Eve were. And so we do this when we mow the lawn, when we clean dirty dishes, mm -hmm. when we fold the chaotic mountain of laundry that's building up in our houses. We do this when we enter information into a database at our desk jobs, mm -hmm. right? I remember doing this in college and just thinking, oh my goodness, sometimes this, this can just seem so meaningless, yeah. but we can actually reflect God's character doing that. Yeah. Um, bringing order out of chaos. And, you know, back to that example I gave before of caring for children, whether it's a newborn. Um, you know, I think about with my first, with Eliana, I had to pump after every feeding. Mm -hmm. And it was a weight gain issue. It was this whole thing. And, man, it was so monotonous yeah. and repetitious of, like, pump clean the pump parts, mm -hmm. store the breast milk, you know, this whole mm -hmm. thing. But as we do this, we can image God's faithfulness to us to sustain us mm -hmm. day by day, to care for us every single day, to cause the sun to rise and to set faithfully every single day. We get to image God and display his faithfulness to those around mm -hmm. us as we do the same thing over and over and over again. And, you know, I was thinking not only do we get to display a picture of that grace, mm -hmm. but we actually get to experience God's grace every single day in a unique way as we do the same things, as we experience the mundane. Because, yes, like you said, Stephanie, we experience God's grace in a unique way when we go through tragedy, some mm -hmm. kind of valley. Mm -hmm. um, we experience God's grace in a unique way when we celebrate something huge. But there is a unique way that we experience God's grace as well in sustaining us in these mundane things, yeah. in these ordinary things. And you know, that when we experience his faithfulness day after day, when things are normal, that gives us such peace and such joy because we come to trust in the God who will be with us always, mm -hmm. not just in the mountaintop experiences, not just when things are hard, but today in the normal and tomorrow and the next day. Yeah. You know, as you were talking, I thought about um, even like disciplining our kids. Um, hmm. my six year old does not like when I discipline my almost two year old. Aww. Yeah. But you know, I just had to teach her like God disciplines those he loves and we're just mm -hmm. teaching her now and, and just all the work we do with our kids with like character building, like it's messy, yeah. but I love what you said that even in that we can, um, image God who, um, is just so gracious with us in our character building, right. And our sanctification. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and that really just changes how we view, that labor that can seem so um, kind of fruitless and just discouraging at times or just exhausting or, you know, like mm -hmm. that really just changes my perspective. And I think that's a lot of what we're talking about here is just having a perspective change. It's allowing scripture to change the framework through which we view everything. And we have to remember that God sees everything. You know, he is always watching mm -hmm. and he promises reward for the unseen, mm -hmm. ordinary work we do. Um, I think of Colossians yeah. three twenty three to 24, which says, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. Mm. And I think we can often feel joyless in the mundane because we think that what we do is unnoticed. Um, it's kind of hard to persevere when you feel unseen or unappreciated. Mm -hmm. But we have to remind ourselves that we are seen by God and he's working in us in those unseen moments. I think of Ruth Jo Simon. She talks a lot about this um, and it just really encourages me when I feel like I'm in a season where I'm just home with my kids a lot. And, and you know, you clean the house and it gets messy five minutes later and it just seems really um, meaningless at times. But 
just the reminder that um, God sees all that we're doing and we are his stewards and we're invited to image him. And so we should do the work entrusted to us and and really not even expect a great reward or a round of applause. Um, He gives that notice anyways, you know, but his pleasure is truly enough and it leads to true joy. Yeah, I think that sometimes we we kind of brush over the fact that God does promise us reward. Yeah. And, you know, we might want to look for a reward in this life. Um, we might think, oh, well, I just have to get past this season and then I'll have my reward. But, you know, God promises us an eternal reward, um, an inheritance, right. as, as that verse talks about. Yeah. And, you know, that's something to rejoice in. That's something that cannot be taken away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, as we just talk through all of these different things, it's just so evident and so beautiful that the gospel really does transform every area of our lives, Mm -hmm. right? Even the mundane moments. And so we need to be able to preach the gospel to ourselves, which means that we need to be able to talk to ourselves and remind ourselves how the gospel transforms everything, how the gospel speaks to doing dishes, to cleaning up baby spit up, to working that desk job. And, you know, we talked a lot about this in episode seven, preaching the gospel to yourself. And Stephanie and I co-wrote a study by the same name that talks about different areas of life and what it means to glorify God in those areas and how the gospel applies. Mm -hmm. Um, But as we do this, you know, it takes practice. It takes practice to be able to preach the gospel to ourselves. First, it takes knowing the gospel, which comes from his word um, and being in his word Mm -hmm. consistently. But then we have to practice applying it to different situations. Maybe that means that you have a friend that you ask to like talk through it with you and figure out what, you know, how the gospel applies here. And, you know, if you are a mom, Risen Motherhood podcast does a really good job of showing specifically how the gospel applies to different areas of motherhood. But it's not just motherhood, right? The gospel applies to every single area of our lives. Yeah, I like what you said. It does take practice. But before that, if we are struggling in this area, we really do have to assess um, first if we do have a understanding of the gospel Um, maybe we don't have a complete understanding. And so that's a good place to start, right? Um, We do want a complete understanding of the gospel. And then, yeah, like you said, it takes practice because we then need to develop that gospel fluency, which is the ability to allow the gospel to inform our thoughts and our feelings and how we perceive Mm -hmm. the world. And so it is true. The gospel really does change everything. And even the other morning, you know, I was on the treadmill jogging very slowly and I was praying, God, how can I glorify you in my physical exercise? And how can I eat in such a way to glorify you? And then a few minutes later, I did think, you know, am I over spiritualizing things? (laughs) But then as I was jogging and thinking, I just came to the conclusion, like all of life is worship. And you read mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. And so considering how the gospel applies to different aspects of our lives, like even how we eat or exercise, like we don't have yeah. to feel like that's over-spiritualizing things. Um, considering how you can do the simplest task to the glory of God, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's not over-spiritualizing it. Yeah, absolutely. And so we have to ask ourselves, how do we do this? <laughs> You know, uh, this sounds really great theoretically, but, you know, I think we need to get practical. How do we cultivate joy in the mundane? Mm -hmm. Where do we start? And the first practical thing I would say is be in the word every day Mm -hmm. as much as possible. You know, the more that we are in scripture, the more that we see the gospel, the more that we see the truth of who God is, and that really does change everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I talked earlier about how we can reflect God's character Mm -hmm. in these mundane moments. And so one thing practically you can do in addition to studying God's word in general is to specifically learn about what are called the communicable attributes of God. Mm -hmm. And communicable attributes of God are just 
the characteristics of God that we can reflect as well, Mm -hmm. right? Things that can be true of us um, that are also true of him. So recommendation for you to get you started on this is the book In His Image by Jen Wilkin. She walks through 10 communicable attributes of God Mm -hmm. and talks about what it looks like to image him in those things. Yeah. And so, yeah, like we said before, we are created in God's image, and there are so many things that are true about God that we're called to reflect, things like holiness, Mm -hmm. love, wisdom, right? And the thing is that we can live these things out in so many ways, and it gives so much meaning to what might seem meaningless. So before, we mentioned imaging God's faithfulness or bringing order out of chaos. Um, You know, a car mechanic can image God by fixing things that are broken, Mm -hmm. right? That's what God does. He repairs brokenness. Um, A high school or college student can um, image God as they are storing up knowledge Mm -hmm. and refining their ability for reason that we have because it reflects who God is. Um, And, you know, in... All of these mundane things, like you said before, Stephanie, so many of these things come back to love, which is another one of God's communicable attributes. Mm -hmm. We can image God's love in all the things that we do on behalf of those around us, right? As we come in contact with people in our workplace, we can be a display of God's love for them. When we are disciplining our kids and serving our families, you know, on and on and on. Mm-hmm. So many things, even the mundane things, come back to reflecting the love of God. Yeah. Yeah. And even joy. It's a fruit of the spirit. And so we have to remember mm-hmm. that if you're a believer, you have the indwelling spirit. And so this is an invitation for you to image this attribute of God, of love and joy and peace. And so I love that. We have to be in the word and we have this invitation to image him. And next, we need to choose, I think, to set our minds on things above. Um, we have to see what we're beholding. This is getting practical. Consider um, the things that you think about more often. Um, our minds tend to wander. Our gazes tend to shift. Um, really, all of us are prone to wander. And we need um, God's grace to really be a fetter that binds us to him. And so take some time to kind of evaluate what you think about. And yeah, like Joanna said, we need to be in his word daily because that's how our minds are transformed and renewed by the spirit, right? When we're consistently in his word, that's from Romans 12. And we need to dwell on whatever is true and honorable, just, pure, lovely, and praiseworthy, um, as it says in Philippians 4, 8. And that requires some effort on our part too, right? Um, Mm -hmm. to kind of train our minds, to kind of um, set boundaries. And so I think one thing that's helpful for me, um, just thinking about how do I find joy in the mundane, is to train my mind to ask questions um, when I feel like I'm kind of going that way of feeling aimless or or weary, or I'm put up with a task that I don't really want to do. And I'll, I'll ask myself, like, God, how are you using this moment or this task um, to make me more like you? Um, or, you know, how can I glorify you, God, and enjoy you um, in doing this particular thing? And so just training my mind to really see um, how God is working all things for my good and his glory has been really helpful. Mm. Yeah, I really like that. I really like those last questions of how is God using this to make me more like Christ Mm -hmm. and how can I glorify God and enjoy him in this? Because, yeah, a lot of the things that we do, like the actions themselves might seem meaningless, insignificant in the grand scheme of things. But there's a lot more going on beneath the surface of just the actions, right? So, you know, kind of pressing in even further to those questions, maybe even getting more specific. When you're tempted to ask, why does this task even matter? Ask yourself instead, who is God calling me to be in this Mm. moment? Yeah. Right? So, you know, you might look and see that this mundane task is actually revealing some sin in your life. You might see yourself getting impatient, or you might see a lack of joy. You might see um, that when you are in this kind of monotonous, doing the same thing, that your mind begins to wander to places that 
is not healthy, Mm -hmm. that reveals things that's going on in your heart. And man, these mundane moments are an opportunity for God to reveal our sin to us and to help root it out. Mm, That's good. And so we can ask, what characteristics is God calling you to display as you do the mundane things? Mm -hmm. How is God calling you to work heartily? as you quoted Stephanie Mm -hmm. earlier, or how is God calling you to love or exercise patience or these fruits of the spirit and the mundane moments, I think, can really help to reveal that to us. Yeah, sure. And I think that we also need to just move past this idea that there's this sacred secular divide, right? Mm -hmm. We live our lives this way so often where it's like, okay, I have my Christian things that I do and then I have everything else. And unfortunately, everything else with all these mundane tasks takes up about 99% of that, (laughs) right? I mean, let's be honest. (laughs) And we really have to realize that, hey, all of this time doesn't have to be wasted. That all of life is for God's glory. There is no part of life that is outside of part of our calling to glorify him right right Right. all of life is worship and we have to train our minds to think this way and so one thing i was thinking that we can do practically to make that happen is to start intentionally praying for areas of your life that you would never usually pray for Mm -hmm. right so maybe you sit down and you write down areas you want to specifically pray about Mm -hmm. so monday i'm going to pray about meal planning Tuesday, it's going to be paying the bills. Wednesday, uh, exercise. Thursday, cleaning the toilet. Friday, my job, and so on. There's so many different possibilities. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is pray that God would help us to glorify him in those areas. You know, pray that God would show you how to be faithful to him in those specific ways. Pray that they would not be wasted. And, you know, God is faithful to answer, and he's faithful to reveal those things to us. And also, as you are intentionally calling those things to mind in prayer, you're going to start thinking about them differently, Yeah, right? Your mindset then, when you go to shop for groceries and to make your meals, is going to be like, oh, yeah, I prayed about this this morning. How am I imaging God in this? How am I loving others in this? How can this point me to him and my delight in him, right? And so as we form this habit of praying for all kinds of things, we are training our minds, like you said, Stephanie, to think of all of life as inside of God's call to worship and glorify him. Yeah, that's really helpful. And in order to pray, um, we need to turn down the noise around us, right? We need to be mindful of what our ears and eyes and, and minds are consuming. And so just be real that there are many factors that can influence how we view the mundane things of this world. And we mm-hmm. really just want to have the room to see what scripture has to say about these things. So we have to make the room. Um, I think sometimes we devalue certain things because the culture doesn't celebrate those things. And so it's important that we define success as God does and, and not as the world does. And so that's a practical thing to do as well. Turn down the noise and and see if how you're defining success or how you're defining a meaningful life um, or how you're defining productivity and those things like that. And honestly, we need to put boundaries so we can rest. And so this is kind of getting super practical, but sometimes the ordinary tasks needed for the day-to-day living can seem overwhelming because we're just overworked and we put it on ourselves, right? We're living beyond the good limits that God has given us. And so, yeah, we can't fight the fight of faith and fight for joy as well as we could if we were mindful of those God-given limits. Like, you know, if we were mindful of the rest and exercise and proper nutrition that God designed us for us to need, um, I think that will be super helpful in this fight for joy um, in the mundane things. Because like you said, Joanna, it's like 99% of our lives. And so don't neglect those things. Yeah. So another practical thing that we can do to cultivate this joy in the mundane is to surround ourselves with community who can help us do this. So I think that we can get tunnel vision when we're like in the trenches of just the mundane normal 
parts of life of just got to get it done, got to make it through, mm-hmm. you know, just power through it. Um, and sometimes we need help to direct our gaze in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really helpful to find believers who have been in your current season of life or even who are in it now um, because they can offer perspective, yeah. right? Um, they can say, oh, yeah, you know, I have been there and I have seen God's faithfulness in this way. Or, you know, as I look back, I can see how God was working mm-hmm. in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really helpful for us to have. And, you know, I think it also doesn't even have to be somebody who's been there, right? It can be somebody who is in a different season entirely Mm -hmm. or somebody who has a different story completely. Um, Sometimes it helps to hear from somebody who has a different perspective and can speak into your situation from outside of it. You know, I think about specifically if you are a mom, we tend to like get together and commiserate with one another um, without really offering much truth. Mm -hmm. And maybe we need somebody who isn't in that kind of cycle (laughs) to help yank us out (laughs) and to like have a voice of truth come from the outside. Um, So yeah, somebody who's been in your season or somebody who's not in it who can speak to it. And I think it's just helpful to have a person or two or however many that you can go to when you are feeling like things are meaningless or you feel burnt out, a person that you can ask to speak the gospel to you, yeah. that you can go to them and say, how does the gospel apply mm-hmm. here? I do not know how to approach this situation in the right way. I don't know why this matters mm-hmm. and I need your perspective. Having somebody that we can actually talk through these things with, wrestle through these things with, can be really, really helpful and added bonus binds us together as we are being united in the gospel. Yeah, for sure. That's a great one. And then kind of just to tie off this practical portion is, you know, we need to live missionally. And what this means is we need to really hold fast to God's global mission. And that doesn't sound very practical, but it is in the sense that we need to, you know, work towards having a clear understanding of what God's global mission is and having that understanding kind of inform how the different facets of our lives kind of fits into that mission that God has. And we need to see the mundane moments of our lives as opportunities to make an eternal impact. And so that might sound very not practical. So one helpful thing I thought of is read missionary biographies. I don't know why I thought of this. We, I personally really enjoy doing this and and something that I do now with my kids, but I think it's just so helpful. Like you kind of said, like to see how those who have gone before us, these great saints have lived their lives to the glory of God, doing very mundane things, right? Working a secular job or there's so many ways to glorify God um, in your life. And so Um, I'll link some great book series that I like in our show notes if you're interested. But I think that's a really um, just a very practical thing you could do to kind of work towards seeing how you can, you know, experience joy in the mundane or how you can glorify God Mm -hmm. in in those seemingly menial um, moments and tasks of life. Yeah. So hopefully this practical portion has given you some ideas, has been helpful for you in trying to figure out what can I do? What are some action steps I can take in order to begin to cultivate that joy in the mundane? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it really is so important. You know, on the one hand, like you said, Stephanie, our highest calling is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And we can enjoy him Mm -hmm. every minute of every day right now by his grace. And, you know, that's also important for our evangelism. You know, when our life is saturated with joy, even in the mundane things, we are living in such a way that says that the gospel is actually good news and that puts that on display for people around us. So whether it is in our families or at work or in our neighborhoods or wherever, we have an opportunity to glorify God and draw people to him as we rejoice in the gospel, not just when things are super awesome or when things are super hard, but in the everyday, normal day-to-day life. Yeah, 
that was super convicting for me and a reason why I was really excited for this conversation because I really do believe living with joy in the Lord in the mundane everyday you know, moments is a tremendous witness, especially as a mom to young kids. We're home like 24 seven together. Um, I really do see this as a vital part of our discipleship because, you know, as we're teaching our children about God's word, we have to ask ourselves, are we showing them with our lives that living in line with scripture is what brings joy? You know, as his ambassadors, are we reflecting God by displaying those communicable attributes and the fruit of the spirit? And I think in any disciple relationship, it's important to ensure that our formal theology is, you know, aligned with our functional theology, you know, that it's not just words. And this, yeah, has been really convicting for me the past couple of months because I think about my kids, you know, I'm I'm teaching them that scripture says that we are to rejoice always and to be glad in the Lord. But that's not always lived out in our house. And, you know, a lot of the times I'm like the stressed mom or the rushed mom or the annoyed mom. And I could just be very joyless, you know, and Mm. they're seeing that gap. And, you know, it's that whole action speak louder than words thing. Um, I want my kids to see me glad in the Lord, to see that the gospel truly does um, bring life to every aspect of my life. And it, you know, sustains me. It brings me joy. I think of Psalm 1611, you reveal the path of life to me in your presence is abundant joy at your right hand are eternal pleasures. So yeah, this conversation really is hitting home for me. And you know, I'm not saying that we can't have bad days, or that we have to always be bubbly and happy go lucky. I don't think that's the case here. Um, What I am saying is that there is fullness of joy in his presence. And if we are united to him, we can live with a deeply rooted joy in the Lord that really influences how we live day to day. And yeah, there is going to be weeping in the Christian life. There's going to be mourning and trials and persecutions, but we have joy because we know the joy set before us in Christ. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. The gospel offers hope and joy for every area of our lives, even the normal, even the mundane. And so just want to leave you with one verse as we end today, and that's Romans fifteen thirteen that says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And that's our prayer for us, and that's our prayer for you all, that our lives would be marked by the hope and the joy of the gospel, even in the mundane moments. So if you want to check out show notes from today, you can visit us at dailygracepodcast.com to get all of those links to all of those resources and scripture verses and everything that we mentioned. And we look forward to talking to you all next Tuesday. 